So, we are looking at our next value this morning of we are kingdom seekers. We are to seek first God's kingdom through searching the scriptures and housing prayer in all that we do that we would see his kingdom come and his will be done. That's what we're saying one of our values are as a church, that we're going to seek his kingdom. That chaplain, that church leader would have had to be seeking the kingdom in this guy's life. We're not going to stop and pause and just see what's in front of us, but we're going to seek his kingdom to see what God is doing, of what God is up to in and through people's lives. So this coming, um, this last past weeks, we started with our vision, didn't we? Um, which is, what are we going to be? Are we going to be scared disciples or brave disciples? So this coming year, coming out of the pandemic, we're going to be brave in how we follow Jesus. We're going to take steps of courage in following Jesus, in being those disciples. And then last week we talked about being spirit-filled worshippers that we're going to expect and invite God to come and inhabit the praises of his people, that he will come and inhabit our time here, inhabit our song worship, inhabit our liturgy, our communion, or however we worship at the 9 o'clock and at the 10.30 service, that we expect to encounter God when we gather together. And then today's value is that we are kingdom seekers. So as Jesus followers... As disciples of Jesus, those who follow the way of Jesus, we've been born of the Spirit and we've been birthed into a new kingdom and we are invited to live that way of that kingdom. The Lord's Prayer is about inviting the kingdom of God in. What does it say? What do we say time and time again, week after week? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus told us to pray that prayer. Jesus told his disciples to pray that prayer. Not just now and then, every day. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. To pray for his kingdom to come. Jesus told us to pray it. So as followers of Jesus, we should have a kingdom pattern about our lives. That we do, we live a different way to the world lives. Like in that video earlier, we don't fight. We heal. We love. We humble ourselves. In God's kingdom, in God's kingdom family, in this church, it looks different to the world around us because we live the kingdom way and we need to seek that kingdom way. So this passage today that we read, this Matthew 6 passage, where it says, you know, don't worry about what you're going to eat, don't worry about all the things you're going to have, but seek first the kingdom. That Jesus is reminding the crowds then that when you follow me, that you don't need to worry about all this worldly stuff. He will provide that. He will help us and he will deal with that. But we live for something else. We seek his kingdom always. Philippians 3.20 says that we are citizens of heaven. We live in another place now. Our citizenship isn't if we're Jew or Gentile or a slave or a free. Our citizenship isn't our family name anymore. Our citizenship isn't in what government we follow or anything. 
how citizenship now, people born of the water, filled with the Spirit, our citizenship is in the kingdom of heaven. And 2 Peter speaks of this, that we are, we are foreigners in this place. We are wandering sojourners in this world because we belong to God's kingdom. Born, not of flesh, but of the Spirit. C.S. Lewis, in The Problem of Pain book, speaks about um, that there's little elements of the kingdom that comes into the world, but there's such brokenness. But he speaks of this, about us not settling in this world. He said that our Father refreshes us on the journey with some really pleasant inns to stay in. But God will not encourage us to mistake them for our home. Our home is in the kingdom. And the kingdom is precious. And we're to seek it out as Christians, to not settle with what the world tells us, not to conform our minds to the pattern of this world, but to live for the kingdom. Jesus went on in Matthew 13 to talk about the kingdom of God. He said that it's like a man who finds finds, finds it in a field. And what does he do? He quickly covers it over and he goes out and he sells everything he has to buy that field because it has the kingdom in it. It goes on to say, a merchant of fine, expensive pearls has all the pearls in the world, really lovely pearls, but he finds one of great price. And he goes and he sells all the other pearls, he sells everything he has in order to have the pearl of great price. And Jesus said, that's what the kingdom is like. That's how we're to seek the kingdom is that everything else takes a back seat because we have the kingdom of God. That's where we belong. So Jesus came to show us what this kingdom was like. He came to earth to show us the pattern and the way of the kingdom. He said this constantly in the New Testament. Repent, for the kingdom of God is close at hand. Which means the kingdom of God is here. I have brought the kingdom of God. And Jesus showed us what that kingdom looked like. That kingdom looked like that, that his kingdom, in God's kingdom, it looked like God himself can touch lepers. God himself can draw near to the poor. God himself welcomes the women and speaks to the women. God himself doesn't categorize people as the government does. God himself welcomes all. Jesus showed us what the kingdom looked like with how and what he did. When he healed people, he wasn't looking for a poster with his face. He healed people to show people, this is the kingdom of God. It's close at hand. It's in your midst. And if you turn away from all the things that you don't want to live like, repent. Give it away. Come and live here. You will see these things. This is where we belong. You can't listen to a story like that, can you? That we just listen to on the the TV and be like, oh well, (laughs) there's something in us, isn't there, that goes, yes. Because we're designed, we've created for the kingdom of God to see restoration, to see renewal, to see healing to see welcome, to see hospitality, because that's God's kingdom, and that's what Jesus 
came to show us. In God's kingdom, it's like we get to walk the grass of Eden once again. It's beautiful, where he restores and renews all things. And we get to join in with that narrative, with that story in this world. In Ezekiel 47, it offers us a picture of what God's coming kingdom looks like. In this um, Ezekiel 47, there's the Holy of Holies, the throne room of God, where, where God is, where his spirit, where God himself lives, yeah? And it tells us that this spirit, the living water, breaks out of the temple and flows out into all the land. It flows through the desert places and the wilderness, that it doesn't belong in just a little building, but it belongs in the land. And it says this about the water, this living water. It says that the water flows into the Dead Sea, and when they flow into the sea, the waters there become clean. Everything that gathers where the river is gets life. This living water, this, this river of water, flows out to the Dead Sea, where it's salty. Nothing can live in the Dead Sea. And that living water should be contaminated by the salty water. But the living water from God's temple doesn't get contaminated. The living water turns the salty water into fresh living water. It transforms, it renews, it restores, it changes things. And this is a foretaste of what God's coming kingdom would be like and what we're doing. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, come to me all who are weary. And he also said, come to me for if you're thirsty, I have living water. Here's the living water. Here's the one who brings life where he, he can throw to the wasteland and the desert land of this world and it doesn't contaminate him, but he contaminates them for the better, where he brings life. And he says that when we become followers of Jesus, living water now flows from us, the church. It's what the kingdom does. It changes things. It restores things. And we as disciples, as followers of Jesus, are to seek to walk that way. To go where the living water goes. To invite the kingdom of God to come and for his will to be done. For us to join in with the restoration and renewal of all things. We should have weekly stories of what God is doing in our community. Proverbs 3 verse 5 to 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on our own understanding. Let's not lean on our understanding of what we see. Oh, I know how this works out, this happens, that happens. But let us trust in the Lord. Let him make straight the paths. And Jesus often spoke about the straight path of his kingdom is narrow. We need to seek it and we need to find it. And when we find it, we hold on to it with everything that we have. The kingdom is now, but the kingdom is also not yet. There's a fullness of his kingdom that is going to come where there'll be no more famine, there'll be no more tears, there'll be no more death, there'll be no more cancers, there'll be no more everything. 
that kingdom in all its fullness has come in. And as Jesus followers, we carry the kingdom of God and we journey in towards that kingdom. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he will make straight your paths. Seek first the kingdom. Let's seek first. So two ways we're going to commit to as a church family of seeking first the kingdom is we're going to seek God through scripture and we're going to seek God through prayer. We don't have to just sit there going, seek first the kingdom. (laughs) We can find the kingdom in scripture and we can find the kingdom revealed to us through prayer. So the first is scripture. That we learn the way, um, we learn the way of this kingdom. We learn the narrative of God's story through scripture. In scripture tells us of what that kingdom looks like. When we read the stories of Jesus, that's what the kingdom looks like. The kingdom looks like in going to an important official where we should be rushing. The kingdom looks like he stops and chats with the kids. You know that story where he says, let all the children come to me? That's a kingdom moment. He's showing that in the kingdom, he stops for the least of society. The official can wait. In God's kingdom, he stops for these people. We find that in scripture. 2 Timothy says that all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. If we want to be equipped, to be kingdom people, Jesus followers, we find it in the word of God. You know, so much of my life has been shaped by the word of God. When I first became a Christian, people could have said to their blue in their face that I should live a certain way, that I should give up some certain things, some certain lifestyles that I was living in. And do you know what? I probably would have said, okay, holier than thou, Miss Perfect, if I'm honest. But when I read it in the Word of God, no one had to tell me because there's something about when we read it, this breathing, living Word of God is the heartbeat of Jesus, that when we read it, the Spirit of God works through it. The Scripture also says that it's sharper than a two-edged sword, that it can cut us, it can heal us and restore us. Being told certain things hurts. The word of God hurts me sometimes. But I want to live how I want to live. But it heals us and it restores us and it rebukes us and it leads us so we can be better followers of Jesus. So, we're going to seek God through scripture by some of these practices. And the first one is we're going to be Bible carriers. We're going to carry the living word of God around with us. You know, we can be pretty clever if we want to. But ultimately... That's where the life flows from, is this word of God. Now, I'm not saying that we need to start prancing around like some conservative Baptists, you know, where they have like a briefcase with it all and they want to show everyone that they've got their Bible. And please don't carry it because you want to make me happy or anything like that. We carry it because it's got the living word in it. So carry it with you because at any moment, someone might need to hear the living word. There's nothing more powerful than when someone's going through a life issue and you share some wisdom with them and they're like, where did you get that from? You're so clever. I'm like, it's in the Word. (laughs) 
God has already spoken on this matter, actually. <laughs> and it's powerful. It leads us and it guides us. And when we speak the word of God, the spirit of God can't help but inhabit that space and that place. So we want to carry our Bibles. I've got a big Bible that I bring to church and I've got a little handbag on as well. So I can whip it out at any time that someone might need to hear a psalm or some kind of words from God. Or when I haven't got anything, the Bible will talk for me, which is amazing. So we're going to seek scripture regularly as well. So in our meetings, in our PCC meetings, when we don't know which way to go, we're going to commit to pausing and praying. We're going to commit to saying, well, what does God say about this? What does God say? What does he say about all of this? And we're going to take time to regularly address the scriptures and allow these scriptures to address us and to form us and to shape us. So we're going to take time to seek the scriptures in our daily life as well. If you're grappling with something, Bible Gateway is brilliant on the internet. You can type in anything, I need hope. Loads of scriptures come up to help you. This person, oh, this person is grieving. Type in grieving. Loads of scriptures come up. It really helps you learn it. And the way to learn a scripture is to read it and live it, and you'll never forget it. <laughs> so there's the uh, people who seek the scriptures regularly. But also, we need to be learners of the Word of God with teachable hearts. Now, I'm not talking about just memory verses. I'm terrible. I'm dyslexic, so I'm never going to do a memory verse. I'm terrible. I even forgot it in bus when I was leaving. And the kids had to remind me what the memory verse was while I was leaving. So it's not good. I can't memorize verses very well. But we want to learn the verses, don't we? We want to learn the theology behind scripture. And we want to grow in that. So I don't want us to be lazy interpreters of scripture. I don't want us to just cherry pick things and that's like, what fuss says the Lord. We need to learn what it means. What's the context? What's the background? What does he mean? Because unfortunately the church through generations have been lazy interpreters of the scripture. So things like slavery and racism and gender inequality and all of these things have managed to take root in the church because someone didn't dig deeper. So we'll be learners of the word. So I want to have a practice as a church that we will grapple together. We will talk together. There's so much wisdom in this room. And we want to give space to hear from one another and to grow with one another together. If you want to go and do a CCS course or WTC or St. Melitus, an actual theology course, speak to us because we want to support you in that. And it's the best thing you'd ever do, trust me. So we want to be learners of the word and we want to have teachable hearts. We want to have Bible plans as well to read through the Bible together. There's nothing like having an accountability on your shoulder. Have you read that today? What did you think? Oh, it's really exciting to do that together. Hebrews 4.12 said that God's word is living and active. It guides, shapes, leads us into the way of Jesus. So we're going to be seekers of the kingdom through looking at scripture, through growing together in scripture. And the second one is prayer. We're going to seek first the kingdom through prayer. James 5, 13 to 16 says that prayer is important, 
powerful enough to change the world around us. Wow, your prayer, not mine, mine as well, but your prayer has the power to change the world around you because you are the people with the living water. You are the people of the kingdom. So we need to be praying kingdom-shaped prayers for his kingdom to come and for his will to be done, to pray over people's lives and in people's lives, to not be satisfied with seeing broken families, but to stand on the walls of that person like the watchmen on the walls of Jerusalem. And we're going to pray kingdom prayers. You know, I'm a Christian today because someone prayed a kingdom prayer at my christening. Told you this, you know, it's a completely non-Christian family. We were a nightmare. And instead of just thinking they're a nightmare family, they're never going to come to church. They prayed kingdom-shaped prayers for my life. It has the power enough to change a life. It changed mine. And we can change others. And we pray because we know Jesus. We know Jesus. The same Jesus that right now is at the right hand of the Father in heaven, interceding for us, the church, day and night. And Revelations talks about this golden bowl filled with incense, and it's the prayers of the saints in the holy of holy place. You're the saints. Your prayer is heard in the heavenly realms right now. I want you to think about that. When when Elizabeth's praying, that prayer is being heard by Jesus, who is telling the Father about that prayer. I've got St. Michael's there praying. They're praying to be kingdom seekers. We pray because we know him. And Psalm 119 says this beautiful, the psalmist completely got it. The psalmist says, because he bends down, because God bends down and listens, I will pray for as long as I have breath. The psalmist got it. Because God himself bends down and listens. We get to pray as long as we have breath because we know a living God and he transforms and changes things through prayer. So we're going to commit to seeking the kingdom of God through prayer. So some of the practices is we're going to keep it simple, we're going to keep it real, and we're going to keep it regular. So we want to pray simple prayers, but real prayers. We don't need to be Shakespeare, we don't need to be trying to win Miss America or anything like that. We pray simple and real prayers. The Psalms are simple, are real, heart-wrenching prayers to a God that they know is living. And we want to keep our prayers simple and we want to keep them real and we want to keep them regular. Our other practice is that we want to commit to daily praying to God. This doesn't mean that we need some big hoo-ha or anything like that. If that's you, if that works for you, great. If that doesn't work for me, set times, set things. I work better in in the the grain of life. When I became a new mum, and my quiet time was non-existent. I waved goodbye to that. The, this baby needed every moment of my life. And I was like, Lord, how do I pray? And he said, you've put that kettle on enough, don't you? 
she's getting ordained in September. And it sprung from us sharing what the Lord says and not settling with what she was presenting. We're going to seek the kingdom in people and we're going to be brave enough to say it. We're going to call out the gold in people. And we want to grow in prayer ministry. We don't want to grow this prayer ministry here. When, before COVID, we had prayer ministries. Remember that day when we could actually sit near one another? We used to have prayer ministry. I long to see prayer ministry in every moment of our lives. That we don't have to wait. Come on Sunday and someone will pray for you. That can be good for some issues, some circumstances that people go through do need more trained people. But I want to see all of us be able to stop and say to someone, can I pray for you now? And to pray for them. And we get trained in that because ways to do it safely and honouring and not too crazy religious either. So no one feels too awkward. So we want to grow in prayer ministry. And we want to have a practice that we pray before everything that we do. Now this sounds the most simple, doesn't it? But it's the first thing that gets lost when we get busy. When we get on, get a rhythm of ministry and we think, yeah, we can do this, X, Y, Z, we've got a good team, we've got it all going, we've got my motor, we can easily just think we've got it, can't we? But we're going to pray before everything that we do, to seek his kingdom, to pray, to be those intercessors, to say, today, Lord, at this top of the group, we pray that your kingdom would come and we'll see restoration in people's lives. We pray, Lord, in Cafe Today, I pray for all the conversations I'm going to have, that there be God moments where I can tell them how loved they are. We pray before we go and have coffee with a friend that we so desperately want to see come into his kingdom. Commit to pray beforehand to pray before everything that we do and then finally we're going to open a prayer room so that room in the foyer that used to be the office is going to be developed over the next couple of weeks where it's going to be a prayer space dedicated to prayer and that's really us using our physical building to speak of something that God is growing in us that at the centre of everything that we do, like it's in the centre of our building, in the centre of everything we do, we pray. We are a praying people. That when people come through the door, they see prayer. Because we shape everything around prayer. We long to see this prayer room. This prayer room isn't going to be about write down a prayer and someone will pray for it at some point. You know? We want to have a prayer room where it enables everybody to pray, to equip everybody to speak to the God who bends down and listens. We also, the vision of our prayer room isn't just to have a prayer room, but that each and every single one of us at St. Michael's would become a location of prayer, a location of non-stop, ever-creating, productive prayer, that it wouldn't just be there, but each and every one of us would be a location of prayer. So we are to seek God's kingdom through scripture and through prayer. And we want to commit to some of these practices that we might see his kingdom come and his will be done. Amen. That was a long one today. Sorry, guys.
<laughs> a lot.